Welcome to A Moment with Modern Mentors, a podcast series by Digital Collective Co, where we soak up wisdom, anecdotes, and actionable tips from Australian startups, female founders, business leaders, industry pioneers, and C-suite executives, a sway of people who have achieved amazing things in their professional fields. My name is Mia McLeod and I'm the founder of Digital Collective Co. We are a collective of digital experts who have come together during a time of adversity, all aligned in the mission of finding a better way of working while simultaneously improving the balance in our lives. Hi, I'm Kate from Retreat Yourself and I'm here talking to Mia from Digital Collective. Today we are speaking to Kate Williams, founder of Retreat Yourself, a seasonal gift box offer and wellness community. Retreat Yourself offers their customers the opportunity to de-stress, get healthy, and experience the benefits of going on a health retreat without leaving home. Kate has worked in a range of different industries, ranging from IT to the snow, and has always had a passion for healthy living. Kate went on to study holistic nutrition and soon realized she wanted to make a difference in the world, helping people improve their lives, and so Retreat Yourself was born in 2015. Today, Kate tells Digital Collective all about her incredible journey from startup to runway success. We get into the details of what it takes to run her wellness business, plus we get some insights into Kate's practice and routine to manage her busy life. Welcome, Kate, from Retreat Yourself to Digital Collective's A Moment with Modern Mentors. So tell us more about Retreat Yourself. So yeah, so Retreat Yourself is a health and wellness business. Our mission is to inspire people to lead happier and more fulfilled lives. And we do this by encouraging people to prioritize their health and well-being. This is done through a number of channels, but primarily at the moment, it's our health and wellness subscription box. So we create a seasonal subscription. So um, essentially, it's like subscribing to a magazine, but instead of getting a magazine, you get a box full of wonderful Australian goodies. The box isn't just about the products, though. It is a really great way to discover new and exciting Australian and New Zealand brands, but it's very much around the experience of the products as well. The boxes have a wellness magazine. um, They have like a retreat day plan explaining how to use the products to create more healthy habits in your life I think when people receive the boxes they receive that they're they're so much more they realize that they're so much more than just getting a box of products type thing so that's our main product at the moment Uh, we also have our mystery boxes which creates a bit of excitement they're crazy they sell out so fast Uh, people love them and we also have um, a podcast we have um, our amazing community on Facebook we have our online store so we're really um, a wellness hub essentially and we have multiple different arms and ways that we deliver our message to people Amazing. How did this happen? Like you were traveling and working and doing a whole heap of things and it all kind of came together? Yeah, it really was a series of events. I think like anything in life. It started when I was younger, when I started, I had really poor body image issues, like lots of young girls do in my teen years. And a lot of like self-reflection and self-work led me to realize that my issues around eating were actually stemming from a lack of self-love and a lack of self-esteem. So Uh, I started getting really interested in health and more looking at the holistic side of health. So looking at what steps like fuels our behaviors and why are we trying to focus on living a healthy lifestyle? I think in the past, there's been a lot of focus around, um, you know, using food and fitness to lose weight and become smaller, but it's like, where does that come from? So I was really interested in health and and working with primarily women around self-confidence and that kind of thing. And then just through my years of travel, I started to um, see the way that people lived in different parts of the world and third world countries and things like that and started to notice how much 
we have in the Western world and how much opportunity we're given, yet we're not satisfied or fulfilled in our lives very often. You know, we have these high-paying jobs. We have all of these, this technology and these things at our fingertips, but we're not necessarily fulfilled. Um, And then when I found myself working in the corporate world for about a year after all my travel, I had a bit of a quarter-life crisis and was like, I need to do something good with my life. Yeah, and found myself in corporate and I started to notice really firsthand how unfulfilled people were and that really got me thinking like where does this stem from like why are people unhappy and um, you know I started to understand that people were really living for the future there was not much of being present and being happy in the here and now and that's kind of where the concept of retreat yourself came from because it's like you know, when you're on a retreat, you're so grounded, you're so connected, you feel so fulfilled. And it's because you're living in the in the present moment, you are practicing mm-hmm. things on a daily basis to make you feel good about yourself. So it's like bringing those habits of being on a retreat mm-hmm. um, and putting them into your day-to-day life. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love that analogy of, um, you know, it's exactly right. When you're on holiday, you have such abundance of time and you really are able to kind of focus on yourself and what you enjoy doing. Exactly. But you really aren't thinking about anything beyond that. It's just such an escape. Exactly. The, the sentiment of bringing that into, you know, your daily life. I, I read one of the reviews on your website, which was a, a single mum of two fostered kids who just said she was kind of worn out basically and she really wasn't able to give any more, wasn't able to feel like she could give any more. And now with the Retreat Yourself box, she's actually able to fill her cup, as she said, and make herself feel so much better and have so much more energy to give. And it's just that's beautiful story yeah and the reviews are so like just so telling like I literally read every single review that comes into my inbox like I make time for it every single day regardless of how busy I am because the reviews really tell the story of how the what we do impacts people much more like broadly and wider than just receiving a box of products like they actually have an impact on people's lives and it's just yeah it's so incredible to read them and read those kinds of stories how far along in the journey are you? When did you launch and, and how long has it taken to get this successful and what does the success look like for you? Yeah, so we launched at, coming up five years ago now, so December 2015. Started working on the business in May 2015, so it was a relatively quick launch. We definitely, the success, I suppose, it's hard, how do you measure success really? Like at the start, the success like, and it still is, it's very much about the, the impact that we're having. Um, but now success is also driven by numbers and making sure that we are growing from a financial point of view, because I think that not because I'm greedy or anything like that, but when you have money, you're able to do more, you're able to reach more people. So it's kind of like they're very closely intertwined now. When we started to get a role was probably a couple of years ago when I actually went through an experience of applying for Shark Tank, which was really cool, actually. I just saw it and I was like, yeah, I can do that. That'd be awesome. Um, And I knew that at the time, because this business model is so intensive, I knew that I needed help to be able to grow it. I knew that I just couldn't do it on my own. And I knew that I needed money to be able to hire someone. So there was kind of all these things that kind of had to happen for me, me to be able to hire someone. And I saw Shark Tank and went on Shark Tank, got through to the final round. So got through to the audition stage and just missed out getting on. And I was devastated. I was like, I can't believe I didn't get on. Like, I'm so ready for this. I said, they just reckoned I was just not quite ready. But in hindsight, the the skills that I had to learn, like everybody kept saying to me, if you're going to go on Shark Tank, like you need to know your numbers. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like on Google, 
what numbers do I need to know? And I just, <laughs> just had no idea. But I learned how to forecast. I learned about cash flow. I learned about acquisition costs. I learned about return on investment. I learned about all of these numbers that mm. I hadn't known about before. So then I was able to strategically grow the business rather than just um, doing it on passion. So I think that was about two years ago. And that's mm. also around the time I did actually hire someone to come and work with me. I managed to um, sort that out as well, which was pretty awesome. So that helped a lot as well. But definitely like knowing knowing the numbers and being like, okay, obviously I'm, I'm trying to help people um, and that's what I care about the most. But I know that if I can get this many people to the website by doing this and spending this much money and they're converting at this, uh, this percentage, I know that we'll be able to get this many more customers. And it kind of was just a roll on it. It meant that I had more control over where we were going and was able to um, strategically make decisions. This year particularly has seen everyone go through a change in how they approach business and obviously mm. COVID being, you know, ever present in Victoria still. Have you noticed that you've had to rethink the way that you're doing business or is it, is it changed anything around the way you're operating? I can imagine there's impacts across the business. It's definitely highlighted the importance of supporting Australian businesses, uh, yeah. which is something that we've, you know, we've always done, but it's really, it's made it much more apparent of how important that is. I think as well, for us as a brand, it hasn't changed the way that we do things, but we've realised how important what we offer is and how much people need what we're offering. It really is so important that people are healthy and they find, I think a, a big thing about this whole situation, a lot of people are saying they no longer have things to look forward to and, you know, like we don't have this holiday to go on anymore and nothing's exciting. And because my philosophy is you should find things in your everyday that you enjoy and enjoy the small things in your everyday, I feel that our, our product is just so, so important now to help other people understand that as well. From a business perspective, I think it's really been a reminder of our mortality or like our, you know, that there's there's nothing is ever set in stone. You can't ever be 100% on your business and you can't get complacent. You have to constantly be assessing risks and making sure that you're ahead of the game, essentially, and making sure that, yeah, you just constantly, like we put a lot of energy into risk assessment and making sure that we're always across. I mean, we could never have predicted that there was going to be a pandemic. <laughs> but if, there's, if there was a time, like you say, that people need to have a little, you know, self-love, now is it, right? Mm. Or the, the opportunity to gift someone with that that's working really hard. Have you kind of noticed that there's a lot of people gifting other people at this point or more so? Has that lifted up in your sales volumes? Yeah, yeah, it has. When the pandemic first hit, I was in the States on my honeymoon. Oh, <laughs> I was halfway through. Thank you. <laughs> I was um, halfway through the trip. I just found out I was pregnant. I just bulged a disc <laughs> in my back so I couldn't walk properly and I was pregnant. And then we were like, oh, my gosh, we have to go home. So we had to cut. Where were you in the US? I, I love the we're, US. Actually, we were by that stage. We were in Canada. We would yep. travel. We had an RV. We got an RV in LA. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, traveled all the way. It was a snowboarding trip. Um, yep. But like the third day snowboarding, I bulged a disc in my back and was like, <laughs> I can't walk anymore. Um, yeah, and then we went. We were in Canada. Found out I was pregnant, and we're like, "Okay, we're gonna go home." So we drove back to the US, back to Seattle, and then uh, flew home. But came home and were stuck in this fourteen-day isolation at home. And oh. I had a, a yeah, <laughs> I had a lot of time to think. I was like, "What's going to happen? Like, what is going to happen to this mm. business?" And I had just a spreadsheet with multiple, like I had like 10 different tabs with like 10 different scenarios of what might happen. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I decided that we just needed to push forward, but, um, you know, be a bit more conservative with what we're doing. 
And anyway, the complete opposite happened. Our sales skyrocketed um, and just we just like sales went through the roof and we ended up having to quickly like think on our feet and like pull together another box to do. And yeah, we had like, we did a mystery box and we sold out. We, we had we had like a thousand, we're selling like a thousand boxes and we sold out in 17 minutes. Like it was just insane. And, you know, the opposite happened. Like normally people would be, you know, it would create a bit of scarcity and urgency selling out so fast, but there are a lot of upset people. So <laughs> yeah, it completely it happened. Like what happened was completely opposite of what we were expecting. Well, I've got to say your price point is really great, right? It's, it's that amazing price point, which is way under a hundred dollars, only a bit over 50 and you're getting so much value. How are you able to pack a box full of 200 plus worth of product, full size product, which is such a good message as well. And keep the price that low. Do you do partnerships and contras and things like that? Or how does it work? It's pretty, it's pretty intensive. Like I said before, this business model is intense. From the outside, I think people are like, oh, cool. Like you get people's products and you put them in the boxes. It makes sense. Like, you know, for the brands, they're getting exposure and whatever. Yeah. We actually, like, we are a B2C business, so we sell direct-to-consumer, and we're also a B2B business, which people don't see. We're a service-based business as well, which is where the hugely intensive side of it comes in. We have over 100 brand partners per year, and they all have extensive marketing partnerships that we offer them, So, um, and we follow through the partnership over a period of about three months' time. So at any one time, we will be operating on... 15 to, to 30 um, brand partnerships. So wow. yeah, so it's it's really it's really full on. And that's kind so, of and that includes negotiating what their offer is, where it goes, how it is marketed, what the creative looks like. I, you can imagine with 30 yeah. odd and 100 in total, that's do you have account managers managing them all? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. And we have lots of uh, very intensive systems and processes in the back end to make it all work uh, wow. so nothing gets missed. And yeah, so that's how we're able to get the, you know, get products because we're not just asking them for their product. We, I think early on, I, I was like, oh, cool. Like, we'll just ask people for a product and put them in the boxes. It makes sense. You know, I was kind of naive to it too. Pack, but pick and pack and send. It's fine. Yeah. And then as time went on, I was like, okay. As a, as a business, you need to be able to see ROI and people were asking what's the return on investment. And I was like, well, there's, it's very hard to track sales, especially if you're a business that your objective is to get people in store, like we're not able to track sales. How can we deliver tangible results to you without being able to say, yes, you're going to get a thousand sales out of this. So then we started to work on partnerships uh, that, that delivered actual tangible results. So growth in email lists, growth in uh, Instagram and Facebook followers, professional photography, like uh, social proof that they can use on their pages, reviews, uh, reporting, all of that kind of thing. And we put together a real package that we can offer to brands that provides us so much value. Yeah. yeah. So the brands that we work with, uh, we have lots of repeat brands. They, once they speak to us, they know that it's a no-brainer to do it. Yeah, but it's definitely <laughs> a the model changes, doesn't it? It goes from you going out to the brands to try and convince them to come in to now probably brands coming to you begging to get involved. Is, yeah. that, is that the dynamic? Are you finding that you've got more choice and better quality products as a result? Definitely. I think the trouble that we're, we have faced and we've had to push through one of our hurdles has been that the subscription box industry doesn't necessarily have a good name from, um, you know, for brands. You know how like you get contacted all the time by energy companies and you're like, okay, just like stop calling me. Like I, I don't want to hear. I think it's the same with subscription boxes. A lot of subscription boxes do just get the product and they put it in the boxes and they send it out. There's no, how do the brands know that that's had 
you know, that there's been any kind of impact from that. So the brands are kind of like, well, you're just asking me for free product now. And a lot of boxes also ask for free product. We don't do that. We do pay a percentage of, of um, the retail price. So we pay money and we also offer these these partnerships. So the, the, the hardest part for us is getting that cut through. Um, so once brands know and they tell, you know, their other friends that have businesses and things, we've started seeing more momentum and people are approaching us. Um, yeah. But it was really hard to get through that period of time. It's like, how do we cut through? Like, how do we make them open our email and, and, and talk to us? Because we know what we're offering has so much value, but it's not until they, they get on the phone that they're like, and now, now definitely we have people that are yeah, it's. I mean, now you're established. You've got your two thousand five hundred plus five star reviews. I mean, those things are yeah. gold in a in a business world because you've obviously got so much validation and social proof. What does that leave for you? Because that, I mean, is the is the subscription box market quite cluttered in Australia? There's definitely boxes popping up all of the time. There's a few leading subscription box businesses um, that do really well. I don't think that people that start boxes necessarily understand how to succeed in that business, how challenging and how much work it actually requires. I think as long as you you stay true to what your your vision and mission are, um, which we really have a solid, you know, vision and mission. And I think people can feel that rather than just putting products in boxes, which I think a lot of you know box brands are about. I think we'll we'll just continue to grow, which we've seen so far. So let's talk us how the commercial model works for the consumer. So they come onto the website, the next box is the September box. They're buying it for themselves or they're gifting it to someone else. It's the same box, right? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then so they pay up front and then it's delivered in September. So you've kind of got a fixed sale coming in in July or August for yeah. a September dispatch. Is that how it works? Essentially have one pre-sale month and then we've got two post-sale months. So right now we're in pre-sale, we're pre-selling for our spring box. So someone will sign up now um, or subscribe now um, and they will get their box delivered at the start of September um, and then their next payment will be due before the summer box at the end of November. Um, So that's kind of the following box. Yeah, yeah, for the following box. So that's kind of how that works. If someone was to sign up in September and order the spring box at that day, their next payment again would be at the start of November. So from a technical point of view, it's been a bit of a, <laughs> a headache trying to um, put Manage together the all the descriptions and the and yeah. who's out. Yeah, it's, we've, we've got a very complex uh, automation that goes on in the back end. Um, but from a customer point of view, um, yeah, you sign up and you get your first box delivered right away. If we're um, in the midst of that season, if you're in pre-season, which we are now, you'll get it delivered when the, that season starts um, and then your your payments will align with all of the other subscribers. The back end, talk us through that a bit because that sounds really interesting to me and I'm sure it'd be interesting to a lot of other listeners. Is it payment gateways, it's Stripe and a subscription model and then you've got to make that talk to a, a platform that kind of organises the product? How does, how does it work? Yeah, so basically we have, um, yeah, like the normal payment gateways like Stripe, PayPal, um, Shopify payments, that kind of thing. It talks into our subscription program. We then have another couple of programs which realign the payments and then we have multiple programs from there that go through to our warehouse. We have um, a program kind of in between our shipping program and our website which allows us to sort orders. So we've got all sorts of rules and things set up so if people buy a box and and other products it's able we're able to like merge orders or separate orders depending on what time of season we are so that the the warehouse gets the correct um right okay. the, that's, yeah that's where it gets complex because you've got some orders from one season and some from another 
Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's a little bit to go into it. It's pretty, it's pretty complex, but um, yeah, this, this program that I found is amazing. Um, and it, yeah, it's a guy actually emailed them and I was like, this program is a godsend. Like, thank you so much. And <laughs> I, I love getting in there and like setting up rules and I'm like, is it going to work? And I do a test and it works. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> it's the best feeling. <laughs> yeah, I'm very hands-on in the business. Do you think that's important, mean important? You obviously started the idea and you were one person and you employed a second person. And now how many people are you? We're a team of six in-house and then we have our contractors that we work with, like our designer and our digital marketer and, and that kind of thing. And then we also have um, our warehouse as well. So our team, our, our like bigger team is probably about 20, but our team in-house is six. I am very hands-on at the moment. I won't be in a few months when I have my baby. Wow. <laughs> when's the baby's you? Uh, November 22nd. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> so we're four months away now. But... I think because I understand the business model so in depth and I understand all of our systems and the, and the um, you know, the technical side of everything that I'm now really trying to set up. Like we've got, re- like I said, we've got really extensive systems set up in the back end in terms of project management and task management and that kind of thing. So now it's just fleshing out that process documentation so that other people can start to think a little bit like how my brain does a little bit more, I think, because just because I've been in it for so long, I know I know what works and I know what's not going to work and that kind of thing. But um, I know what the customer wants. Is that, do you know? No, yeah. you feel like you're very intimate with what the customer is about and who she is, or I'm assuming it's a she, is that a she? Yeah, it's definitely a she, yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're definitely, we've done a men's box before, like a limited edition one, and it's definitely something that's on the cards. But right now we primarily target women, I think. The world's changing and men are becoming more... Um, more interested in wellness and understanding the importance but so far it's really it's been a bit more like of a woman's world really but um yeah our I definitely um am very closely I you know was doing the customer service for so long and actually talking to the customers and my mindset around that is talk to them as though they're your friend so um I you know got to know some of them and we've held events and we've had community members at photo shoots and that kind of thing where I've actually got to meet them so that's so important like there's no point in making a product or doing something if your customer isn't interested so um yeah it's really important to know what they want. In terms of how you kind of evolve the business and where you go from here I mean what does it look like for you how does it become kind of where your vision is landing it? A lot of the growth so far has been vertical. So it's been growing our subscriber base and, you know, the people that are buying our seasonal subscriptions. Um, And the reason for that is because we had to get to a certain point in order to be making enough profit to be able to invest more money into areas of growth. Um, So that's been a huge focus for us. Now that we've really got that momentum and we've got that growth happening, my job will be stepping in and working on projects to help more horizontal growth. So we, like our vision, like I said before, is to become a wellness hub. Like that's what we want. We want to want to be the place that people go to for all things wellness. So it's really bringing in new offerings and, and new products that that feed into that. Um, and also growing our community. I think that's a really, really integral and huge part as well. We want people to feel like they're a part of something and they're a part of something bigger than themselves. I think a lot of people lack connection in this day and age, which sounds silly because we've got phones and we've got the internet and we've got all these things that tie us together, yet people are feeling more disconnected than ever. So I think the more people feel connected to other people in the community and also our brand, and the more that they see that we're about we're about them and not just about creating 
stuff for the sake of it, um, you know, the more we'll continue to grow. So, yeah, my role is really going to be once I step out and step back in will be projects and and horizontal growth. So how can we broaden what we do um, and and kind of establish ourselves more in the wellness industry? Is there any reason why you can't become an international business? We've definitely looked at it, but for now, I think there's enough room in Australia for us to grow. Like we have a big customer base now and we are, you know, a big enough customer base now and we can continue to grow and, and offer more. I just think, I think a lot of people get, when they start a business, they get excited by the, the bigger picture and they spread themselves too thin. So for us, it's like stick to your knitting, focus on what we're doing and really grow and foster the community here so that people love our brand and yeah. then we can um, look at other things like that a bit further down the track. And you were talking about the fact that you've launched your own podcast for Retreat Yourself. How, how's that? gone and how did that kind of come about it's good yeah I launched that last year in November I think through the business one of my favorite things has been networking and connecting with other people I love that side of it and I've made so many awesome friends and and everything through it and you know with our magazine that we put together we work with different like nutritionists and naturopaths and um, yoga teachers and all of these different people that you know we're giving them a platform to share their message through the magazine it was like it was only just one step further to have a podcast where we can interview people and and hear more about what they do through the podcast and also from a you know we're like I said before we're growing our community and we're trying to grow what retreat yourself is about and show people that we're more than just the boxes the podcast is a channel for that as well so people can actually come and listen and learn about things to improve their lives um, and realize that we are about the greater wellness and not just about buying a product. That takes a lot of time and a lot of energy and obviously building a magazine um, from scratch. I mean, these are incredible skills that you've kind of, where did all this, you know, insight and ability come from? (laughs) Trial and error. (laughs) It comes from like an, an unwavering, self-belief I think just almost like blind optimism like yeah I'm gonna do that and I can totally do that like why couldn't I do that so then you try it and then it might be harder but then you're strong-minded so you keep you keep at it and then you learn and then all of a sudden you have the skill that you didn't have before so I think that's kind of really the process and how I've learned everything and I think like you know the actual motivation to do these things so the motivation to start the podcast comes from my care and passion for what we're trying to achieve as a business, you know, our mission and just continually looking at what we can do to grow in our offerings and, and offer our customers and our, and our community members um, more. So so apart from kind of reading those reviews every day, what is, have been some of the highlights of having this business? Like what are the moments that you think about when you think about the last five years ago that then that was awesome, this was great, interviewing this person was awesome? What, what are those for you? there's so many of them growing a team has been awesome like internally I've loved I've loved that um getting our own office and and that kind of thing has been great as well just speaking at events holding events I held I don't know how I actually don't know how I did this it was when I was running the business myself it was like the first year and I held events with Bar Body I don't know if you know yeah Bar Body but I reached out to them. I heard Emma, Emma Seabold, the, the owner, speak at an event in Melbourne. This is what I mean about self-wavering. Like, Mind awareness. Yeah, <laughs> just like, um, yeah. And I sent them an email and I, and I said, um, can I send you a proposal to hold some events with you guys at some of your studios? And I was like, okay, I don't know how to write a proposal. So I'm like Googling, like, what do you need for a proposal? And I'm like, okay, what's in it for them? What's in it for us? What's the greater goal? So I wrote for this proposal together and I said, I'd like to hold some events with you guys. And they were like, okay, um, 
And they said, we're interested. So I'm like, okay, cool. Now, how do I hold an event? And then they were like, we want to do one in Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane. So I'm like, okay, cool. What does that cost? Yeah, I know. And this is, this is around the time that I also wasn't like deep in the numbers. So I was like, I was just doing it on passion. I want to bring people together. And yeah, so I did that. I took the one in Melbourne, um, which was awesome. And I packed up my car like full to the point that I couldn't see out the back window. And I drove <laughs> with uh, one of my friends who's kind enough to come for me with me. I drove from Melbourne to Byron Bay, stayed the night in Byron Bay, drove to Brisbane. Melbourne next, to Byron Bay. I just, we decided to go there because it's nice up there. So I was like, let's get a Byron on the way. <laughs> Melbourne. I went to Byron Bay, stayed there the night, drove to Brisbane the next day, held an event the next day. That night drove to the Gold Coast, partnered with Quicksilver and Roxy the next day for one of their events, drove to Noosa to do a podcast with someone I'd met at my event and then drove from there all the way back to Sydney to hold an event in Sydney and then all the way home. <laughs> it's just crazy. I like look That's back and I'm right. like, how did I do, how did I do that? And like, what? That's running on adrenaline. <laughs> yeah. Adrenaline and excitement really. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so that moments like those were so awesome and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, do that now because now I'm like, okay, well, what what's the output versus... Five months pregnant. <laughs> yeah, exactly, five months pregnant, true. Yeah, so it's just um, moments like that, meeting our community members, like just talking to people. I've just, I love, I love that side of it. And you, and you talked about your team. So, I mean, I, I totally get this. They're, they're just the integral part of your business and really without them, it just doesn't work. How did you choose the people to come into your team? It's a, it's a slow process. I'm sure if you're kind of spending your own money to get those people in. How did you do that? Yeah, I've learned a lot over the past few years. And so the team that we've got now are all relatively new. We had a bit of a, a restructure when I came back from my honeymoon and COVID first hit and didn't know what was going to happen. So we made some pretty difficult decisions then um, with the team that we had. And then we decided we, we because of the growth and everything, we are like, we have to restructure again and, and and hire people to be able to and particularly because I'm pregnant and so is another girl that was working with me Christy I'm like we need we definitely need people to yeah so in the past through networking and stuff it's been hiring people that I have known and then this time around I was like we have to hire properly so um we put advertising on Indeed, we put advertising on LinkedIn, also out to friends and people that we knew as well. We had a form that people had to fill out answering questions about their strengths and their weaknesses and everything like that. Then we conducted, we shortlisted, did a whole bunch of phone interviews. We shortlisted again. We got people in for interviews in the office and then we um, did reference checks and that's how we chose this time around. In the interviews, we asked lots of questions around how people think and how people uh, would manage certain situations because this job is very much thinking on your feet. Things change all the time. Um, you know, working in this business is very fast paced. And so we needed to make sure that we hired the right people. I don't, you know, we want a team of people that are awesome and that can do the job and we can all have fun and also put our heads down and get, get everything done. So yeah, it was so important that we, we found the right people. So that's why we put so much into the hiring process. And, and, you, and you outsource some people and you have hired some people full time. What kind of roles do you need full time versus which ones you hire outsourced? Um, so customer service obviously is one, um, like marketing and social media, um, community management, client management, so um, sourcing brands, um, project, uh, like managing the projects and, and that kind of thing. Then we've got like operations and support, which is pulling everything together, all of the administration that happens in between, which is a lot. And yeah, they're, they're essentially the, the main roles that we have. And then we outsource, like I said before, our design and 
our digital marketing as well and our warehousing too. You've got a, a baby on the way, you've got a husband, I, I think you've got a dog, you've got lots going on, you've got a team of people that, you know, report to you. How do you make all this work as a person, you know, as a human in a, in a very busy world? And obviously your, the whole ethos of your business is to kind of quieten down and kind of give back to yourself. How do you do that? <laughs> well, I have good days and I have some not so good days. No, generally, no. I, I think for me, I'm lucky to be naturally very energetic um, and fast-paced. Like I am a fast-moving person. I just get in and get it done. Like it doesn't take long for me to make a decision. Like when I bought my wedding dress, I went to one shop, found one dress and bought it on the spot. I was like, I don't have time for this. So that's how, that's how I operate on a day-to-day basis, which I think is a godsend for this. I have a lot of energy and I love what I do. So I, I don't mind putting the energy into it. Yeah. I also have an amazing like support team around me. My husband is so amazing. Like I had a stressful day the other day and I got home and he was like, welcome to the stress-free chill dungeon. And he'd like dimmed all the lights and put lavender in the diffuser and he'd set up a cheese platter and made, got me a non-alcoholic beer. And he's like, let's talk about it. Like, and so, yeah, he's Aww. just absolutely amazing. Um, you can probably hear me now <laughs> talking about it. Brownie points. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's actually amazing. Um, so he's really supportive. And also, I think for me, like I learned pretty quickly in business. I burnt myself to the ground. I'm not going to lie in the first year. And, you know, my husband kept saying to me, how can you help other people if you're not helping yourself? Mm. Um, And so I had to really start to practice what I preached. And so I make sure now, like I always shut my laptop at a particular time, unless I've got a really big day and that's okay because we all have them every now and again. Mm. I get up in the morning, I do some exercise, I go for a walk on the beach, I make beautiful food every single day. Like I prioritize, and it might change when I have a baby and that's okay because that's life, it's continually changing. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I just make sure, I know I'm very reflective and in tune with myself. I know when I'm going down the gurgler a little bit Mm. and I stop and I reflect and I'm like, okay, cool. I pull myself back together. And I think that's how I manage everything because I'm just, I have just have to be self-aware. It's kind of come down to second nature now. Like um, I make every Sunday is like my me day. Like, um, and I potter around and do whatever I feel like doing at the time. I am very self-reflective and I make time for that. Like in the morning when I go for a walk, I used to listen to podcasts and stuff, but now I just like walk with no music um, and I I reflect on everything Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like why did I behave in that way and was I being harsh to people around me or to myself and where was that coming from and Mm -hmm. it's really become second nature now Um, you know we talk a lot about journaling and and using a journal as a way of reflecting and and um, digging a bit deeper and I just I just do that in my day-to-day now Um, and I think that that's been um a huge part in recognizing when I'm being mean to myself, when I'm acting out of sorts or um, mm. whatever is that, is that reflection? And I think it's absolutely, you know, we put so much um, importance on projection and what are we, what's, what's coming up and what are we going to do next and what's our future looking like? And we forget that we need to look in the revision mirror a little bit as well and not to a point that we're feeling guilty or, um, or down, but it's using the, the past as a tool to learn, to, to improve our, our now, really. Mm. I know it's, it's, it's so important and it's, it's undervalued still, isn't it, in community, in society that we can actually spend some time thinking about ourselves in this kind of quite what would seem to 
it's kind of older generations is quite an indulgent way. But I think, you know, being able to read good books and actually, like you say, cook great food and actually just nurture yourself and do exercise and walks is really makes a change to mental health. Mm. Have there been any kind of people or books that have changed your life along the way? Um, people, I would say my parents, um, oh, they, you know, they have been such an an integral part of who I am. They're so amazing. Just their insight and the way that they see the world is absolutely incredible. And books, I, I tend to like, I tend to read a lot of personal development um, and spiritual books. I think that the, you're the greatest tool that you have in life is you. And the more that you work on you, not in a vain way or an egocentric way, but in terms of, you know, working through your your demons and your your crap, um, because I think that's what crowds, you know, um, the way that you view the world. And, you know, if you change the way that you view the world, you have a much more enjoyable existence. So in terms of books, I love Eckhart Tolle. He has a book called The Power of Now, and it's very much about living presently. And I think that's um, a huge, something that's really carried through into many areas of my life. Yeah, absolutely. It very much feels like you're very much acting in the present and that's what the success has come from. How come uh, someone who's had great people around them, great parents, you know, why are there things for you to work through? It could be like my reaction to something. So say, for example, I'm like racing to work and I'm stressed out and I'm like, yeah, like, you know, get out of my way or whatever. And it's not like, you know, and then I'll be like, why did I just react like that? Like, I'm uncomfortable and not feeling happy. Like the person that I just reacted like that towards, not that they knew that I was doing it with using road rage as an example here, but it's like, and not being hard on myself and being like, you need to change and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, cool. What, what's going on deeper here? What's creating this reaction? You know, because I think every single person, if you think that you don't have things to work on, absolutely, I think that's completely ignorant. Yeah, self-awareness of it and actually recognising those feelings in yourself and why you behave. And I read this quote the other day about when someone is critical of yourself and they're kind of criticising you, you kind of accept those words and say, thanks for your insight, um, I'll reflect on that. And, yeah. and kind of almost just pass it back. And I was just like, that is such a great way. Don't be defensive. Don't be reactive. Absolutely. And that's the thing. Like I think the problem in the world is is people people's defensiveness. When you're defensive, you're not open to hearing um, you're communicating and, and being open to change. And that's kind of where I suppose we could get deep into this, by the way, <laughs> you know, people's egos and they're like, I am this way and this is who I am. And um, don't tell me that I'm not all of a sudden you have this barrier up and that means okay. that there's no compassion and there's no change. Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, don't be hard on yourself, but allow yourself to reflect and, and be like, okay, you know, what is the way that I'm, I'm feeling in, in my day-to-day life helpful to me and is it helpful to other people? And if it's not, cool, what can I do to change it and why is it like that? Does the habits of, of kind of the walks and the food and the rituals like that, are they the things that kind of help you in your day-to-day? Definitely eating healthy food helps. I have a crazy brain. My dad diagnosed me with ADD when I was young and never got properly diagnosed, but definitely I've done a lot of research into it and my brain is familiar. Like, yeah, 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 totally. Uh, I think a lot of like entrepreneurial type people are, are quite similar. So I can get so easily distracted and just unfocused and everything. <laughs> but yeah, so food, I find that food, if I'm eating junk food or too much oh. sugar like my brain is like it's like there's a cloud in there and I can't think straight so mm-hmm. food is 
probably the number one reason I eat a healthy diet is for my brain. Like it's why I eat healthy. Then routine, I reckon, is a huge one for me. You know, I've got a lot of friends that have started businesses and they're like, oh, you know, I get up and I just work in my pajamas. And I'm like, that's your number one thing. Like I get up at like, okay, I try to get up at six. At the moment, I'm struggling because I'm pregnant and I'm tired and fat. <laughs> but, um, but normally I'll get up at like six or quarter to six and go to the gym or, or whatever. Um, now things have slowed down a little bit being pregnant and also being winter. But making sure that I get up and do something in the morning and start at a particular time. Like I'm like, oh, cool, I'm going to be at work and it helps having an office now and, and staff as well. But I'll be at work by this time. I'm going to um, clock off at this time. This is my routine. I plan out my whole week before the next week and, and put everything, um, you know, against times and everything. That helps to keep me sane too because I feel like, not that it's about having control, but I feel more in control of what's going on um, yeah. and I'm able to have more clarity, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. It's easy to kind of let the day drift if you don't have certain kind of markers throughout there that kind of keep you on track. And It's overwhelming. Like yeah. if you don't have your day planned out, you get overwhelmed because there's 50,000 things you could be doing and it's like, oh, where do I start? Whereas if you've prioritised and everything's planned out, then, yeah, totally, it's way. That, that's exactly what I was just going to ask you. I was going to say, you know, when you do get overwhelmed and when you feel like there's just too much on or you can't get your head around how you're going to get through this week ahead what do you do how do you kind of settle yourself what's your I'm definitely human and I do have moments where I'm like holy shit how the hell am I going to get through all of this a lot of the time that I have those meltdowns is when I'm tired and I haven't been eating well and I haven't been prioritizing me so when I do have those moments it's putting things back into perspective it's like what okay what is the worst thing that can happen here like why am I, you know, um, and like really putting it into perspective because I think often when we get overwhelmed it's because we're just, the, the bigger picture is just it's too much. So it's like, and then breaking it down, like what can I do now and just doing one piece at a time. Um, yeah. and what can I do now? What can I do after that? And breaking it down into tiny steps. Um, and then also just being mindful, like, okay, I'm getting so wound up right now take a step back. It's really hard to pull yourself away from that situation though because you're like, I need to be in it to get it sorted. But it's like, take a step back, take a deep breath, like what, you know, what's going on right now and then reprioritizing. Yeah, I had a call yesterday and um, it was a Zoom and it was some, it was a kind of client meeting and my daughters were walking, I put them in front of like a, a ballet on the on the computer and I was like, this is just a mistake. I, I just knew I'd set it up all wrong. I should have left them at daycare and, and <laughs> done the meeting then kind of picked them up. I'd done it that way and then I they just walked backwards behind me but I was kind of like blocking them a little bit. So I was, anyway, at the end of the call, I was talking to my two, the two girls and I was like, oh, how bad was that? And they said, oh, no, it was fine. Didn't even notice. I'm like, really? I was setting myself into a complete panic about it. <laughs> it's easy to, um, to kind of take a thing that you think is massive and, you know, really kind of catastrophize almost. Mm. And then when you get perspective, and I, I often find this, it's not as bad. <laughs> I embrace things going wrong and, and change. Like, yeah, I definitely, I think for me, I'm like, okay, things are going wrong. What can we, how can we turn this into an opportunity or how do we change course? Like I actually thrive in those situations. I, I kind of, you know, it's like you've got to go into problem solving mode, mode and like just get it done. For me, the overwhelm comes from looking at the bigger picture. Like, like I said, I had a meltdown last week when my husband set up the, the chill dungeon or whatever it was called, <laughs> full meltdown. And it was like, I was just like, 
the business and this new business that I'm starting and the baby on the way and all of these different things. And I just, it's because I hadn't stopped and thought about it and like, you know, reflected on, on all of it. And I suppose looked at how important each of those areas were. Like I was getting overwhelmed about the most stupid of things. Like why are you worrying about that? But I hadn't given myself the time to reflect on it. Um, But yeah, when things go wrong, there's definitely a moment of like, yeah, but then it's like, cool, what are we going to do? Like just straight into get it done mode. And I kind of like that. How do you kind of learn and change and develop on the way? You, You kind of seem to have quite a great attitude towards that process. Why is that so important to you? I think I've just made mistakes <laughs> just from the get-go. So I had to be like that. No, I um, like I said before about the ADD thing, I was not good at school. Like I was not, I got kicked out of classes. I was always labelled like the naughty kid. And it was honestly, no, there was no intention of being naughty. It was just like I'd be completely oblivious to what was going on around me. And then on my travels, like so many things went wrong. I see things going wrong and I think this is just through uh, probably from my parents as well like I was saying before they're incredible like teaching me even at at school like maybe they're not teaching you that um you know like mistakes are are lessons and learnings my parents were always like that it's okay you know what do you how what are you learning from this and how can you use it to move you forward so that was a huge part and then from travel like I went traveling when I was 20 so I just packed up my bags and left on my own and I had no money like I think I had $400 in my bank account I was sleeping on the floor in the share house with like my using my bag as a pillow I had no blankets or anything so going through those hard times I think you know people that haven't been through anything that's tough before worry about what's on the other side but when you've been through lots of things that are tough whether it's self-inflicted or you know it's happened as a result of something that you're doing you you learn that everything is figure outable everything's going to be okay on the other side always it always is as long as you have the right mentality and attitude and you're able to pick yourself and learn and continue to grow I think you know you go to the gym and when you first start at the gym everything is so friggin' hard like it is so hard to do anything and everything aches and everything's painful but the only way that you get stronger is by pushing through that pain and going back and and learning you know and and doing it time and time again and I suppose it's the same with like life skills like you just have to go through the crap sometimes to to learn the skills to continue to grow and um, get better at it so awesome and on that do you have kind of a mantra or philosophy that you live by my mum actually was the one that um, used to say this to me a lot, but she's like, trust in the process of life. Just trust that everything's going to work out the way that it's meant. And that's, I think, what is really at the core of all of it for me. You know, that's where the self-belief comes from. It's where the motivation comes from. It's just trusting in the process and trusting that I know what I need to do and I know the answers. So, um, yeah, it's definitely something that drives everything that I do. And the right ones will come to you. Exactly. Yeah. Our final question, you know, we're at a bit of an important moment in time and I, I wondered, having thought about what's going on around the world and obviously here in Australia and in Victoria particularly, is there something you would like to say to people out there? Is there a big message or a big thought that you've had at this moment in time that's really kind of struck you? I think something, and this is what's driven Retreat Yourself and it's driven everything that I do, is that I think the biggest thing that I want to say to people is not in a, in a gloomy kind of grim way, but life isn't promised, you know, like you don't, tomorrow's not promised, make the most of right now. Um, you know, those things that scare you, go and do them. Like, um, you know, just 
Live for now um, is my biggest thing. And I think, you know, I've read interviews with elderly people that are in nursing homes that have been dying and stuff. And they're like, tomorrow's never promised, make the most of the moment that you're in. Because like, if you're constantly living for the future, you'll get to the end and look back and be like, what was, what was all of that for? Like, what did I actually do? So live in the moment, do the things that scare you and make the most of it. Brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> That's all right. Great chat. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and stay tuned for more episodes from A Moment with Modern Mentors coming your way soon.